Hi, I'm Amy Zimmer, the person who was possessed by a demon for a bit, but we're good now. Everyone has a story to tell. We have a bottle of wine and an ear to listen. Join a couple of dolts as we dote out some anecdotes and welcome to Anecdotal Dote. Everyone and welcome to Anecdotal Dote, the podcast that celebrates the stories and storytellers in all of us. I'm John Seidenberg, the guy who tried to start a theater drama magazine when he was nine years old. Joining me on this podcast is the editor of the failed magazine Podcast Weekly. <laughs> I totally would be. I totally would be. Um, I do want to know though. Uh, a theater drama magazine when you were nine years old. Like, what was supposed to be in said magazine? So John thought that he was like a, um, what's the word? He thought that he was like a, like a prodigy of theater when he was younger. And so he had this wild idea that people would pay him like $9 a piece to get a, a monthly subscription to uh to this drama club and it was literally called JCS Drama Club and and when you bought when you bought the subscription to this you would get a little pamphlet from John that had instructions on on how to do theater and then it would have a script attached to it back in those days i didn't know that the that the word was script and so i would call them scriffs because I thought that that's what they were actually called was scriff. Amazing. And so, um, and because I had access to the scriffs that my parents were using for the shows that they were hired to produce, um, I, in that drama club packet would be scriffs to <laughs> Oklahoma, um, or a Midsummer Night's Dream or a death of a salesman. Like full um, scriffs or just yeah, full scriffs. <laughs> In a pamphlet? Yeah. So, well, it would be like a it would be like a whole package that would have the script for Oklahoma, and it would have a little pamphlet on how to produce Oklahoma. So, um, like, you're we're talking like design elements. Oh no no no! It would be like how you act on stage from the point of view of a nine year old. Amazing. Do you still have them? Ooh. Um, I don't think I ever actually may, uh, maybe I, I'm going to ask your mom. (laughs) I like love young John's ambition. Oh my God. Young John. I remember a family friend who he, (laughs) he did not believe in deodorant because he believed that it created a buildup of aluminum in your boobs. And so he refused to wear, he refused to wear aluminum. Yes, she is putting aluminum-free deodorant on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't know what any um, of that meant. I just bought it because my normal kind it wasn't available, and I was like, "Oh, aluminum-free! I must aluminum must be killing me slowly. I have to do this." Well, as a kid, I imagined like balls of aluminum foil in my chest, and I was like, "That's why I have man boobs. It's because <laughs> of all this aluminum foil." So, as a kid, as a kid, I was like, "Oh, for this." For this uh, mailing uh, theater club thing that I'm going to do, I need to have an intro video. One of my parents' friends who did not believe in aluminum-based 
deodorant, so he did not wear deodorant. He looked and smelled like a homeless man. Um, it's somewhere in the world. Videos of me with a watering can, watering flowers in my mom's flower garden in front of the house, being like, oh, hi there. I'm John Seidenberg, the the founder of John Seidenberg Drama Club. And I want to talk to you about how to turn your scriffs into real theater. <laughs> I'm excited about our guest today. Me too. Um, she's delightful. <laughs> you didn't know you didn't know our guest until I... until she came onto our into our recording. Yes, it's true. And my internet connection is unstable. <laughs> Um, no, Amy, I did not know. I'm so excited she decided to join us. Um, anyway. Introduce her. Let's get on to this meeting. Today's guest is a performer from Northern Kentucky, Amy Zimmer. I think this is the second demon position or possession we've had. It is. It, it very much is. I... Oh my gosh. So uh, glad to know that you're okay now. Yes. You all are good. Um, so how did, how did you become possessed? So um, it's, it's a little known story in my background. Um, when I was a kid, um, my best friend and I used to play around with, you know, you know, Ouija boards and all that. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, we had people that were like, Ooh, let's do the Ouija board. And I was like, cool, I'll go buy one. Cause they were like five bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we all gathered in my room in the residence hall and, um, <laughs> we played on the Ouija board. Well, then I was like, well, it's kind of cool. You know, we got some stuff back on it. And then, uh, I was like, I'm going to try to do this by myself one day. That was not a good idea. I don't recommend <laughs> it don't on the by yourself. Because you might ha end up having a demon attached to you like I did. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, I had a demon. And I'm not going to say his name because just because I'm superstitious. But <laughs> I don't want him to come back. But my mom freaked out. And so, then I had a lovely um, evening of the Lord's Prayer and some other prayers to see if we could get rid of the demon. So, yeah. so you had a light exorcism and light. and and he's uh he's no longer involved. No longer involved. How long how long have you been <laughs> how long have you been freed? <laughs> yeah. Um I have been demon free now probably for 30 years. Nope, I'm not that old. That's not right. <laughs> Let me do my math again, y'all. 30 20 years. Okay, so if at any point during this this recording I see a little red demon head pop out behind you, I'm just gonna smash my computer to bits. So if that happens, that's that's what's taken place on my end. Okay. Um, so there's there's that. It does that does remind me. My mom was telling me a story I'd never heard before. Um, her and her, her and her like mom and her siblings were all playing with a Ouija board when she was very young. It was, this was years before she ever became a Christian. And, uh, they knew that my aunt had like broken something in the house and she wasn't admitting to it. So they asked the spirit to tell us, you know, who, who broke the lamp or whatever it was. And so they all forced the Ouija board that the little mover thing to spell out my aunt 
aunt's name and she like crapped her pants and like ran out of the house terrified <laughs> that's like mean it's ridiculous that's it was very funny, mean but, but it's effective mean. I guess very effective yeah. <laughs> oh my god so yeah. Amy how are you doing in life right now oh I'm great um I'm a momager to two teenage kids so mm-hmm. and I, I say momager that. because I'm one of them is um a 14 year old goalkeeper soccer player who actually mm-hmm. um is at a college showcase this weekend and she is being courted by a couple of colleges as a freshman that's incredible wow, yes yeah. that's pretty good and then my son is auditioning for musical theater program bfas and oh i'm so proud of him aren't you <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and so he has seven callbacks so far. He auditioned for 37 schools because he's oh a different gosh. type. You know, he gonna, oh, yeah. he going to oh, be yeah. like you, John. <laughs> Hopefully he will land higher than a podcast, but <laughs> a non-sponsored I, uh, podcast. <laughs> a non-sponsored. <laughs> but uh but I am yeah, I uh for people who don't know, I I first met you Amy because CJ your son was cast in Adam's family and at the theater that I was managing at the time. And had no idea who either of you were, was blown away by him, and then very quickly realized that, you know, the apple does not fall far from the tree when it comes to talent and theatrical ambition. I would imagine that your passion for the arts is kind of led into your son having a passion for it. So what was that? What was that hook for you? What was that moment that you were like, this is what I want to do? (laughs) Well, I actually got dragged into it kicking and screaming. Um, mm. I work at a local university and the I had done a faculty staff talent show and I had sung a song and I've been singing mm. since I was little um, church choirs, school choirs, you know, the whole thing. And the theater professors came to me and said, we want to do a musical and we want you to audition for it. And I was mm. like, oh, well, I'm a singer. I don't act. You know, and they were like, well, you've got the personality. We can teach you how to act, you know, and I was <laughs> like, OK, they came to my office. One of them, I think they switched off days for 14 business days before I oh agreed gosh. to audition for the musical. Wow. And then my husband oh my said, gosh. well, it'll be fine. They want college students. They're not going to cast you. They just want somebody there that they know can sing. And I'm like, okay, fair part, you know, and then, and then it was cast as Sally in You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Oh my gosh. I was the oldest actor playing the youngest role. (laughs) (laughs) How long ago was that? 2010. Oh my gosh. So you're new. You're new. new to this world. That's incredible. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. So then the next year they did. A Midsummer Night's Dream, and they wanted me to be in it. And by then, it, it had bit right. The acting bug would, was mm-hmm. bitten and latched on hard. And so you've you've been very fortunate as a mom to you've been able to work in shows with him. Yes. How often do you have to fight the urge to not like backseat direct because you're like, I know he can do better than this. Um, actually, surprisingly, not at all because in his first show, ev- well, besides. The Midsummer Night's Dream show, like his first next show that he got cast in was professional in a local theater. And um, they made it very, very clear 
that parents were to be to the side <laughs> and that they mm. were not to be involved in any of their children's things. And oh, that's so smart. Yeah. And so I learned when he was nine not to step on anybody's toes. So even if I'm in the show with him, I will at home be like, dude, learn your lines. <laughs> <laughs> but in the theater, it's all the direct, it's the director's purview. Do you have siblings? No, I don't. I've never I mean, asked you this before. I'm an only child. Oh my gosh. How was that being an only child? Um, I didn't know anything different, so it was fantastic. <laughs> I know that I spent a lot of time by myself, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> only child. Um, but I mean, like I was, I did a lot of reading in my room or I watched TV, you know, so I don't. Cause like my dad tells, he's, he's always been baffled because my siblings and I have always fought and bickered and like beat the crap out of each other. And he growing like as he watched us grow up because he was an only child would always say I don't understand all I wanted as a kid was a brother or sister that's all I wanted and they want to murder each other and so did you have that experience you're not your face is saying no absolutely not (laughs) I never were very happy being only well my my best friend lived down the street from me we um I was in second grade when I met her she was in first grade and she had a brother and so we spent a lot of time together and I spent a lot of time with her brother and we used to drag him around the living room and give him rug burn on his back and you know things like that (laughs) things that you do to siblings you know Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. I never really felt the lack of a sibling I have been I've been like trying to think of like really cool like stories from my past and stuff thinking because you know I don't have that many of them so there's only like two or three I can actually pull out and CJ's like no 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 don't tell that one (laughs) what's what's the one you shouldn't tell I'm intrigued now my tagline was going to be I was chased by the cops but I thought that might be a little too much because I was really just followed home by the cops. I wasn't really chased. So I thought that, that would undersell, you know, oversell something. But yeah, when I was in, when I was oh, in college, there was this place called the Haunted Hospital. It was an old insane asylum and mm-hmm. um, it was all boarded up, but it had been boarded up with all the stuff in it. So there were still gurneys and like you know, uh, equipment, old electroshock stuff. And like, it was really cool. And you could get into it if you knew the secret, right? That gets passed around word of mouth. So when we went to the hospital right before Halloween, which is the worst time to go because they put extra guards out, you know, because they know people are going to try to get in during Halloween season. Yeah. It's because I was smart when I was in college. (laughs) Real smart. So we took a group and um, we went. And we snuck around the back um, to where the opening in the fence was. And the guard car comes around the corner and we all flatten out on the ground. My feet are literally inches from the guard car tracks. Oh, my God. And the guard car comes along and he, you know, shines his flashlight and everything. He doesn't see us because we're on the ground and wearing black, you know. And... He goes about his business and goes back around and then we all go in the hospital and have a good time and, you know, look at all the stuff and all the graffiti and all the, you know, from people who had been there before. Right. So -hmm. we come out and we see police. So we split into two groups. We had two cars. And so my group, we take off for my car, which is parked like two blocks away. And then they take off for their car. Well, we get in our car 
and um, we're headed back to the college and we pass by the other car and there's nobody at the other car. And so my friends are like, we need to go back. We need to go back oh, and no. make sure. Well, that was the stupidest thing that we ever did because then the cops saw us <laughs> circling around. They're like, why are these people circling around? Because oh, we're no. dumb college kids. Yeah, that's how it works. So oh, we we circled around. They still weren't there. The co- We had been spotted by the police. I'm like, we have to go back. We have to act like we aren't doing anything, that we were just... <laughs> Because, you know, smart, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we go back. Cop follows us all the way. It was like a half hour. He followed us all the way. I pulled in the parking lot. He followed me into the parking lot. I pulled into a space. He sat behind my truck for about 30, 45 seconds, just long enough to freak us out, you know? <laughs> and so then I'm like, well, we have to get out of the car. Like, we don't, you know what I mean? Like, we can't just, mm-hmm. you know, not act like we are doing something wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So we all get out of the car and we, there's like four of us that squeezed in there, which also he probably could have pulled me over at any point for that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Two hours later, I get a phone call from the other group. They had been actually chased by a police car. They went through backyards. They got oh. chased by dogs. They ended up three miles away from the, from the hospital at a BP station in the middle of Tallahassee at like 4 a.m. when there's no cell phones and they had to get to the BP so that they could call me in my residence hall room so I could go get them. And I had to go back and get them up. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Now to our main segment, the anecdotal dote. Here's how it works. I have selected a random word that only I've seen. Your job, Amy, is to tell a true story based on that word. Are you ready? No. (laughs) Your word is couch. When I moved into my new house, I only own two couches. They both fit upstairs in the living room, and that's all the furniture I have. I had to fill the rest of the house. Seriously. That's I like the only furniture have no you have. Furniture like downstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, the house you just so moved into you... right now? Yeah, I moved in about a month ago to a new house, and it's like twice the size of my old house. <laughs> and all of my furniture literally fits in the upstairs living room, kitchen, kids' room area, and we don't have anything else for downstairs. <laughs> so it's like what happened to John when he moved back to Kentucky. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Cause I, when I came home, when I came home to, to this house that I'm in now, my original apartment where we started this stupid podcast was three rooms. It was a bathroom, kitchen and bedroom. And that was it. And so furniture wise, I just had like a kitchen table and chairs, two chairs, not even three, not even three. And <laughs> yeah, but whenever we had guests over, you know, before in, in the olden days, um, I had a camping chair that I would, I would bring out and have the guests sit in the camping chair. Um, but then I had this crappy $15 Barca lounger I bought at the Salvation Army and then my bed. And that was it in terms of like sitting locations. So when I get here, like five of my apartments could fit in this house and I had nothing in the living room. And so my mom ended up uh, giving me her couch because she wanted to, she wanted to force my dad to have to buy her new couches <laughs> i can empathize amy that's <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> 
Well, Amy, thank you so much for stopping by the podcast. This has been an absolute delight. Oh, it's been so much fun catching up with you and meeting you, Laura. And <laughs> thank you. And talking about my children, which is pretty much all we talked about, and theater. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can elaborate on them all day long. So, you know, works for me. The number of times that we go into these, like thinking that, oh, this conversation, it'll probably go this way. And then it doesn't go there at all. Happens all the time. Every time. It's, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's. <laughs> It's the nice thing about doing the podcast, though, is that it's kind of unpredictable. Right. No exactly. matter how hard we try. <laughs> exactly. No, I had a lot of fun. Good, good. And I, my hope for you, Amy, is that you get more furniture for your house, but also that you will be able to do, um, to get back on that stage and kick ass like you normally do um, soon. Thanks, John. I decided... I was supposed to have a massage today, and two hours before my massage was supposed to happen, I got a call from the massage place that was like, oh, your masseuse is not in today. We've got to reschedule you. So I was like, crap, what should I do with my day? So I was like, oh, I'm going to do something fun, which turned out to be the exact opposite of what a massage is. So I decided I'm going to take Buck, my new pupper, I'm going to take him to PetSmart so he can go in public he can see other pups and he can get his own toy at PetSmart because I see videos all the time of pups picking out their own toys yeah I've always wanted to do that I don't have a dog I can do that with do not recommend it (laughs) (laughs) wait why what happened I have never been so stressed in my entire freaking life But why? Buck is so good. So normally whenever I take him, whenever I go to a shopping place like Walmart or grocery store or wherever, like he'll be in the back seat. As soon as I park the car, he like pops his head up and he looks where he is. And I'm like, be good, Buck. And then I close the door and I leave him in the back of the car. And he hangs out there. temperature controlled and safe. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> if it's too warm, he he has water if he needs it. The windows are cracked. Like he's not he's not left abandoned in like some sealed tomb. <laughs> he he has, you know, it's also better than leaving him alone at home because he he likes to be able to like watch people yeah. as they're coming in and out of the grocery store. Totally. And um so that's what he's used to. And when we got to PetSmart, I like opened the door and he was like, "What? I can go out?" And then he was like, I can go into the store. And he is really cute because he was terrified of the automatic doors that opened and closed. Fair. And it was really cute. And then we go in and he immediately like a thousand new smells fill his little senses. And he is like a pup on a mission. And he's like nose to the ground, like sniffing everything in the world. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a new fish because my last beta fish passed away when I first moved down here to Kentucky. So I'm going to get a new one. So I am going. So I go to the, where the beta fish are and I'm looking around and I happen to glance down for a second and Buck has his leg lifted on a corner aisle and is about to pee everywhere. And I'm like, Buck, what are you doing? <laughs> and so he's confused because, you know, that's what all the dogs do, because I'm sure he smelled somebody else's scent and was like, oh, got to mark my territory now. And so I'm like, oh, crap. So we go. So I'm like, okay, 
I'll hold off on getting a betta fish. Let's go get him a toy. And then I notice all the expensive toys are at dog reaching height. Oh, it's like the opposite of how they do it with humans. Uh huh. So all like the twenty thirty dollar treats are at the bottom where the dogs can grab them, and all the cheap ones are at the top. So Buck is sniffing around trying to pee everywhere, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna grab a toy. And I grab a super durable one and then he gets really excited because he's like, oh my gosh, a toy. So I then I go and I grab a little betta fish and we're waiting in line and he's he's super cute. Everyone that like sees him is like, oh my gosh, what a cute dog. And I'm like, yeah, he's very cute. But also his owner is sometimes attractive in the right light. Um, but nobody <laughs> paid a little attention. Long story short, I spent the entire time stressed the hell out thinking that Buck was either going to freak out over seeing another dog or he was going to pee somewhere that he wasn't supposed to pee. Okay, but you you survived it, right? Right, Buck? Buck I did, I did. alive and so did you. Um, I think he had a lot of fun, though. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a story inspired by the word couch, let us know. Have a question or need some anecdotal advice on a subject? Send those to us and it might be shared on a future podcast. Those can be sent to us filmed or by audio or written at theanecdotaldote at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Write us a review and share this podcast with your friends. Remember, everyone has a story to tell, especially you. So send them in. We're excited to listen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Remember that time I told you that I prayed about getting boobs? (laughs) It was just the aluminum and the deodorant that I was using. So you put extra, you put extra deodorant on to try and. I am not saying that I did, but I am saying that maybe that's what it was. Maybe God didn't bless me with that. Maybe it was just aluminum buildup in my, my, um, breast tissue. Yeah. If ever, when the apocalypse hits and you're like, I need to cover this uh, microwave dinner up, you can just cut your boob open just and pull out some tinfoil. Just titties on top. <laughs> <laughs>